Hello, I'm Amber Athey, Washington editor of The Spectator, and I'm here to tell you about our fantastic new election offer. Go to spectator.us slash election offer and subscribe to get three months free access to The Spectator US website and our new app available on the Apple and Google Play stores. Make sure you're getting the very best coverage and commentary in the run-up to November 3rd. Find out more at spectator.us slash election offer. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast. This is an election year. Will Donald Trump be re-elected? What is going on with the Democrats? And has America gone even more crazy? We'll be discussing all of these things and more, more than once a week because we don't feel you have enough Americano in your life. I'm joined today by Roger Kimball, who is editor of The New Criterion, publisher of Encounter Books, and one of The Spectator's great columnists. Roger, we're going to be talking about Joe Biden, this story of Tony Bubulinski, if I'm pronouncing that right. Yes, Tony. 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 We'll call him Tony. Yeah. And it was quite an extraordinary interview last night that Tony Bubulinski gave on Tucker Carlson's show. And it does seem to suggest, as you say in your excellent piece just published on the Spectator's US website, that Biden is pretty compromised on China. And this should be a major story. And yet, other than on Fox News, Tucker Carlson and a lot of conservative media, the establishment media, the pro-democratic media are pretending this thing hasn't happened. It's crickets. Yeah. Nervous crickets, but it is crickets. I took the precaution of doing a few searches. So on CNN, the Communist News Network, I, you type in the, the last name Bobolinsky, which is not that common. Yeah. You would think it would pop up. Zero. Yes. Zero. Not five or three. Zero. Yes. Not found. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's not just CNN. Even our former <coughs> paper of record, the New York Times, barely, it's barely registers. It's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an extraordinary conspiracy of silence that the so-called mainstream media has engaged in with respect not only to uh, Mr. Bobolinsky, but of course to, uh, to, to Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. Uh, this interview with Tucker Carlson was really quite extraordinary because it was a kind of um, impassioned cri de coeur on the part of Mr. Bobolinsky, who had been slandered, really, by Adam Schiff, who publicly said that he was a Russian agent, or suggested that he was a Russian agent, and that he was the purveyor of disinformation coming from a hostile power. Now, Mr. Bobolinsky is a former naval officer, a decorated uh, servant of this country, a patriot, and he demanded a retraction. They refused to give the retraction, so therefore he went public with his really quite extraordinary story, which is a story of international high finance with a variety of Chinese front companies. Every Chinese company, of course, is, a, is a, at some level is connected to the Chinese Communist Party. But these particular companies were explicitly so. We're talking about tens of millions of dollars. Let's go through the story in as much as we can understand it for listeners who haven't been following it too closely. Bubalinsky is a businessman who was approached by Hunter Biden. Correct to help and, so, and some partners of and some partners guess. to facilitate this deal yes. with with China. Right. And in the course of that, Bublinski claims, 
he met Joe Biden twice. Yes, correct. And it was clearly understood from emails as mm-hmm. well as suggested in the convers- in conversations that Joe Biden was in on this deal, which was about money coming pretty much directly from the Chinese Communist Party. Well, through a front, through yes, a front through organization. A front. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, that's, that's quite right. And it wasn't just uh, Mr. Bobulinski and Joe Biden. It was um, um, uh, Joe Biden, Mr. Bobulinski, and Hunter, and uh, some of his business partners. So uh, the idea that Joe Biden had never talked to his son mm. about their business, is, uh, it's, uh, it's a lie. Well, I would push back on that slightly because I think you, a lie has to be conscious. And it's quite possible that Biden, whose memory is not very good, can just... Oh, that's just true. Doesn't... I know that he's been meeting a lot of new people these days. Yeah. One of the great things about <laughs> Alzheimer's, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah that's, that is true. I will, I will grant you that. It's possible that his incapacity is... Of course, this was a few years ago. Mm. Uh, but it's possible that his incapacity even then was such that he wasn't quite aware of what he was doing. But you're a generous man, Freddie. Uh, more, well, gen- more generous than I. Well, but anyway, the key document is this, this document that was, it was not, this is not from Bobolinsky, it was sent to him mm. outlining the equity structure that was proposed for the people participating in this deal. The last item is 10% to be held by H, Hunter Biden, for the big guy. The mm. big guy is Joe Biden. So he, is, he himself, at this point, he would have been the former vice president of the United States, hoping to be the president of the United States, is benefiting directly, financially, from an entity with close ties to the Chinese Communist Party. And I think I understand this right, that the 10% then ended up becoming 20% for the brother. Well, what happened, yes, so, and so, but if you you look at the original document, it's 10% for the brother, 10%, you know, for the big guy, Mm. be held by Hunter, so that's that's where you get the 20%. I was told there would be no math, but I believe that 10 plus 10 equals 20. <laughs> but there, I mean, that would suggest at some point either Joe Biden or somebody got a little bit spooked about what was going on and they, they tried to Well, remember, I mean, the, in, a, in a way, the, the, perhaps the most uh, dramatic and uh, incriminating part of the interview with Tucker Carlson was the moment when he, um, Mr. Bobolinsky, said... It was uh, Joe Biden's brother said, what we have to do here is maintain plausible deniability. Yes. Plausible deniability. That is a synonym for lie. Yes. There's a a strong urge among a lot of people who just want Joe Biden to be president and get rid of Donald Trump to dismiss this story as something that's created in MAGA world. Yes. It's a sort of product of Steve Bannon's wild imagination. Yes. And I suppose the problem with the pe- for the people who want to say that is that the Biden campaign have not denied anything. Yes. Well, that's one of the problems. Yeah. That's one of the problems. Po- you know, and it's just the, the accumulation of evidence. Uh, you know, this has nothing to do with Hunter's laptop. This yes. is a totally separate thing. But if you start looking at, you know, some of these documents were on Hunter's laptop, so that's, you know, in a way, corroborates what, what we're talking about. But, you know, you're quite right. They haven't denied it because they can't deny it. Yes. Well, I mean, he's denied it in the debate. He denies that he ever took yeah. money from a foreign government. Well, but he also said that he'd never, he'd never talked about super predators. He, you know, he, he, uh, he, he, he um, indulged in a number of fibs in that debate. And there's been no attempt to say that the emails aren't real or... Right. That's right. It's just sort of heavily implied that it's Russian disinformation. Yes, yes that's right. Yeah. Well, and it's stated directly, baldly, by Adam Schiff, for example. Yes. And then Putin rather unhelpfully 
for the Democrats said two days ago, I don't know if you saw this, yeah, I didn't see that. Putin two days ago said that he thought um, Hunter Biden had done nothing wrong. <laughs> yeah, <I'm kidding>. yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah. And suddenly everyone believes yeah. Vladimir Putin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if Vladimir Putin yeah. says it, it must be true. It must be true. Yeah. It must be true. I mean, let's, let's move on to the election, because this is a strange sort of twist in the election, which, because of perhaps the media silence, yeah. is not going to be um, as dramatic as it might otherwise mm-hmm. have been. Do you think enough Americans are noticing this story that it might change their minds come election day? Well, I'm not sure because I, you know, the, it, I actually am impressed by the uh, unanimity with which the media has closed ranks and closed down discussion of anything that might be construed to be negative for Joe Biden. Mm. Uh, I mean, there, there's an irony in the background here, of course, which is, which is that although Joe Biden's name appears on the, the ballot, he will not be president. It will be the presidency of Kamala Harris and what I like to call the committee, this sort of shadowy, all the groups that orchestrated and engineered this strange eventuality where this total cipher is the figurehead because he's supposed to be moderate, mm. but he's actually been, um, he's sort of like an empty bladder that has been filled up with this radical left-wing garbage, and then he will excrete it on a demand uh, for the few months that he is assuming that he were, were elected uh, uh, until Camilla takes over. So you know, that's you know, I believe that this is one of the reasons why Nancy Pelosi is, is uh, interested herself again in the Twenty Fifth Amendment. And you think you think the Twenty Fifth Amendment will be invoked? I mean, it could it could be a strange. And, and I think I think that if, for example, if if Biden wins. I think that there, you're going to see a huge amount of interest in Hunter's uh, laptop because they'll say, you know what, this really is uh, terrible. We have to investigate this and get to the bottom of it. And I'm afraid, Mr. President, you're going to have to resign. Yes, the Democrats will have to be consistent yes. because we, yes. we did that's the Russia right. in- inquiry. Right. I, th- I think that's what's going to happen. But I don't think Joe Biden will be president. I will be elected. I think that, uh, I, I, you, you know, my... I won't call it optimism because optimism, of course, is the fault of Dr. Pangloss. <laughs> but, uh, but I do think that the, the enthusiasm gap between Donald Trump and Joe Biden is cavernous. And I think that in the states where it matters, I'm not talking about New York or California, but the states where it matters in Florida, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in Ohio, all of these places, uh, you, just, you can practically feel the enthusiasm for the president. And what is it with Joe Biden? Well, we have a few riots in Philly. We won't talk about those, but, yes. but it's, it's, you know, the, the, um, uh, uh, I, I love these pictures of Joe Biden's rallies. You have uh, a dozen of white circles. And I'm, some, I'm surprised nobody's actually pointed out that there were white circles. That seems to me to be possibly racist. But anyway, <laughs> a dozen white circles painted on the ground. And, you know, you have a, a couple of... Um, uh, unemployed costermongers, a provincial bishop, and some um, unemployed steelworkers occupying the seats. And, and Joe Biden kind of, you know, waddles in and says a few things. Whereas you, just down the street, you have Donald Trump with thousands of people. Yes. Well, and flying also had- in on uh, Air Force One or Marine One, and they're going nuts. Even the, and many of the Biden rallies have now turned out to be Trump rallies because they, his supporters find out about them, and they line the streets with yes. thousands of people. It is very odd. I mean, if Biden does win, it will seem, I suspect, suspicious to a lot of Trump fans, because I'm not saying that it will be corrupt. I don't go that far. But I think that 
it will seem odd to, to people who support Trump because they can see everywhere Trump yeah. enthusiasm. And because of the, let's say it's because of the pandemic, that's the official reason, I suppose. Yes. Because of the pandemic, you have this, this very negative, yes. um, subterranean campaign. Yes. Well, you know, I think, it, I, I, I think it's what's more likely, I think, to happen is we, we've been told all along that Joe Biden is way ahead in the polls. It's 16 points, or it's 12 points, or it's 10 points, it's 8 points in Pennsylvania. And so uh, I don't believe those polls, but what they have done is they've created a kind of um, uh, horizon of expectation that uh, the Democrats will seize upon if it turns out that Trump does win. And they'll say, well, this, how can this be? There must be foul play because the polls all along have shown that our guys ahead, and how can it be that, that Trump suddenly wins? Which is why the secretaries of state in uh, a, a few critical democratic states are ready to um, not certify the vote and say, no, we, we have to go and take a, a very careful look at this. Mm. And what they will do is they will vote harvest until they, they get enough votes. If, you know, this is if it's close. I mean, if, it's, if Trump wins by 100,000 votes, that can't happen. But if he wins by 10,000 votes, then that's definitely within the margin of fraud and litigation. And you think it's as deliberate and conniving as that? You think that I, the Democrats... I, 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 I would like... I, I try to think well of my fellow men, but, 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 I, but I'm constantly dissuaded from this, from this uh, Pollyanna-ish view. Right. Well, I think that uh, I've noticed the, the enthusiasm gap since I've been here, I went to a rally yes. in Pennsylvania, yes. and uh, we saw just nothing but Trump signs for hours. Yes. And I think that the question that that points to is, does Trump dislike, does the dislike of Trump outweigh the enthusiasm for him? And yes. I think we have to acknowledge that there is very strong dislike. Oh, of him. incredible. And yeah, not to say irrational. And but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't but I think people are, you know, yes. and... and w- the, the argument then would be 2016 was this extraordinary fluke. It was. 2000... And, 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 and Trump did have a, one insuperable in advantage in 2016. He was campaigning against Hillary Clinton. Yes, and as an insurgent against yes. the yes. establishment, yes. which, he, which he doesn't really have this time, even That's though he's correct. still trying That's to... True. Although I think he's been pretty effective in uh, reminding people that Joe Biden has been in politics for 47 years yes. and doesn't have a lot to show for it. Yes. And eight of those 47 years and quite recently was as vice president of the United States. And his portfolio was in all these places around the world where things uh, you know, either didn't get better or got worse under his purview. Well, and you are very confident in your predictions, although you do always admit that it, it is a prediction. You're not a, you're not a pollster. Yeah, you're, uh, yeah you, know, um, uh, it, you know, it was uh, Harold Wilson who said, I think, that uh, a week's a long time in politics. So, you know, and we only got six days that left now, right? That's, yes. Uh, if Biden wins, will you be in a state of despair about your country? Well, I think, you know, it will still, there will still be a place called America, but it won't be the same place. At least I think it, it would require a huge effort of resuscitation to bring it back because what we are seeing now is a concerted attack on the vision of America that was formulated in the late 18th century, the idea of limited government, of the separation of powers, uh, of of, um, uh, an emphasis on individual liberty, ordered liberty, uh, all of that, uh, which has been uh, 
these have been the ideals under which uh, this country uh, has prospered. And um, on the economic front, the idea being that, that you know, we want to have equality of opportunity because that is the best way to um, encourage widespread prosperity. Um, all, of these, all of these ideals uh, are anathema to, to the left, who want to insinuate um, a kind of <clears throat> identity politics into, into the equation that would uh, uh, eviscerate each one of these, of these foundational ideals. So to the extent that they're successful in that, I think they will change the country uh, dramatically. It's a, somebody pointed out recently that it would be a little bit like that Kurt Vonnegut story, uh, Harrison Bergeron, you know, where everybody's created equal. and We have a handicapper in chief. If you happen to be very clever, there's be little bells put on your head so you can't really concentrate. If you're very strong, you have weights are put on your body so you can't uh, perform as well. That, that you know, uh, but I mean, that what's the, how is that any different from what they're doing um, in our uh, universities? You know, it's not the best. Mm. It's not we we don't compete on a, a level playing field. It's the color of your skin. It's an inversion of what Martin Luther King said. You know, we, he said we want to we, we, we should judge people not by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. It's a total inversion of that now. Yes. And so they're eviscerating all the objective tests and so on because they're racist. Because some people, yeah. some groups do better than other groups. I've always slightly had a problem with that Martin Luther King quote. I think, well, I don't think anyone should judge anyone on the contents of their character or all the colour of their skin. How should we judge people? Well, we or, shouldn't. Or should we should be non <laughs> We should be, yes. So it's okay. That's what if, we've always been. It's, 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 we should, uh, so if someone um, uh, just happens to, uh, like Apollicus, I think, in The Winter's Tale, is a snapper up of unconsidered trifles, in other words, a thief, that's okay. We should give, not give them a job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, lastly, Roger, I mean, the vision you paint of, of what happens if the Democrats take over is quite bleak. It's, it's, you know, you say you'd have to resuscitate the country. And then, of course, on the other side, the Democrats say, you know, four more years of Trump in this country is over, democracy mm-hmm. is finished. Yeah. Obviously, you think you're right and, and yeah. you think they're wrong. Yeah. But uh, it does mean that both sides in American politics and, and, and the sort of endless culture war yes. you seem to be in are very gloomy and almost apocalyptic about yes. what's happening in America. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I wish that, I, you know, friends or former friends, I guess, at this point, with many of the people who are most avidly opposed to the president, only a, a tiny handful of exceptions, I, I know them all. But I've read what they say, but I don't, when they say Donald Trump is destroying democracy, well, I say to myself, gee, he, he was elected in a free, open, and democratic election following the rules that we have in place in this country. So he won. So why, how is that anti-democratic? Mm. What they, Anne Applebaum, for example, um, wrote a book called The Twilight of Democracy, where Donald Trump is the epitome of authoritarianism. But I don't, I can't wrap my mind around why she thinks that. What has he done that is authoritarian? He, I, I mean, it seems to me that he has kept more of his campaign promises than any president in uh, recent or maybe even long memory. I mean, he said he was going to do appoint judges on the stamp of Antonin Scalia. Yes. He did so. He said he was going to roll back the regulatory state. He did that. He said he was going to move our uh, embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. He did that. He has brokered you know, world historic peace deals in the Middle East. 
you know, he said he wanted to do that. He's put through a tax cut. He was unable to get rid of uh, Obamacare, but he was able to um, get rid of the most onerous part of it, which is the individual mandate. And you can just kind of go down. He, he, he assault, you know, he, illegal immigration basically stopped. Mm. And it's, it's one thing after the other. So I don't see, why is that anti, why are any of those things anti-democratic? I suppose because- Or authoritarian. It's because the people who think that uh, have had their power or influence in the world taken away from them ah, by the I think kind that, of... I think that's exactly right. So in other words, what democracy means for these people is they're in charge. Yes. Okay, well, now I understand. <laughs> clear, as, clear as day. <laughs> Roger, we'll end it there. Uh, great pleasure, as always, to talk to you. Likewise. Uh, and thank you for joining us.